Welcome to Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle. I'm Bobby Osinski, and this is a show all about music, music production, and the music business. Happy New Year and happy 2020, everybody. Thanks so much for listening this year, and thank you so much for your support. Today, we're going to look ahead at what the audio industry and the music business might have in store for us this coming year. Let's start with audio and music creation first. I think in 2020, we're going to see an audio plug-in evolution. One of the things that's going to happen is no one is going to care about emulation of hardware devices, mostly because there are fewer things to clone. Just about all the good ones have been taken over and over and over again. And also there's a new generation of engineers and mixers and artists that never got a chance to work on the old stuff. They don't know what analog hardware really sounds like and don't really care. So we're going to see more and more interesting plugins that don't have anything to do what came before. And I think this is finally going to free software developers up to do some really cool things where they might have been limited before. Staying in that realm, we're going to see more audio products based around artificial intelligence and machine learning. Smart plugins. Already there's a good batch of them but we're going to see more and more. And as a result, what you'll see happening is a lot of the work will go out of mixing. A lot of the work will go out of just making music. Now, that's not to say that all engineers are going to be out of a job. I don't believe that because no matter what, there's still no accounting for taste. So the highly skilled engineers and producers will still be in demand but I think we're going to find that it's going to be easier to get good sounds, easier to get at least reasonable mixes, thanks to some of the new AI products that we'll start to see. Now, also in that realm, I think we're going to see more modeling amp acceptance. And it's the same thing. When you have a new generation of players that didn't grow up around tube amps, They don't really know what the sound is or what it's supposed to be, and they're not dependent on it. In fact, they're quite good with anything that's new sounding. So I think we're going to have some new emulations. We're going to see smaller amplifiers, and we're going to see better ones in many cases because, again, players are going to be free from the stigma of having to have a tube amp. It's pretty much like that already, but this is going to progress at a much faster pace this year. In 2019, immersive audio finally came into being. I mean, the real thing. This goes beyond 5.1, 7.1, 11.2, any of those formats, and is truly astounding when you hear it. That being said, I think it's going to be a slow but steady build. This is not going to be something that the public is going to catch on to immediately, but over time, there's going to be a conversion to immersive audio. And this will actually provide work for a lot of engineers, a lot of mixers. Now, this is all spurred on by consumer hardware. And we won't know much about that until CES, coming up in a few weeks. But that being said, with the release of new consumer immersive products, I think that's going to bring on the acceptance of immersive audio. Now, here's the only thing that might stand in its way. There are two competing formats. There's Dolby's Atmos, And that's been accepted by a couple of the major record labels, Universal Music and Warner Music. But then Sony has its own immersive format called Sony 360. And of course, Sony Music is on with that. So here we are again, competing formats. So we'll see which one actually captures the heart of the consumer. 
In this coming year, we're going to see USB 4 finally hitting computers, hard drives, interfaces, everything around us. That's going to be a good thing. We're going to see USB 3 fall away. We're going to see Thunderbolt, I think, fall away because USB 4 basically has the best of all those worlds. And here's one of the really good things about it. I think most engineers who've adopted to newer systems have found that one of the limiting factors with Thunderbolt and USB-C is you don't have any docks. You don't have multi-port docks that will actually allow you to distribute your Thunderbolt or USB streams out to other devices, all from this one port. That doesn't happen. And it's because the ports are really expensive. USB 4 is going to change all that. We'll be back to the docks, the inexpensive docks. I think you'll find that everything is going to be a whole lot better in the world of interconnecting computer devices. Another thing I predict is that digital patch bays will finally catch on. They will finally be accepted over analog patch bays. And of course, digital patch bays have so much more to offer than a regular analog patch bay. But because we haven't seen them in the past all that much, there's a little bit of trepidation by studio owners for going that way. However, they're not that much more expensive than an analog patch bay when it's all said and done. They're easier to actually install, and I think you'll find this is the year that they're going to gain widespread acceptance. I think the widespread domination of Avid Pro Tools will be chipped away more and more this coming year. There are so many good digital audio workstations out there that are equal or better than Pro Tools. And the only thing about Pro Tools, it's established as a standard, and that's why people use it. But, again, we have a new generation of engineers that aren't all that beholden to Avid and to Pro Tools. And I think we're going to see more and more the chipping away of the domination of Pro Tools accelerated in the coming year. One of the things that's going to happen is gear is going to get more expensive in the coming year. Part of it has to do with tariffs. Part of it has to do with China raising prices. And with or without the tariffs, that's going to happen. One of the reasons why is China has a rising middle class. They want to get paid more. So we're going to start to see manufacturing cost more there. As a result, we're already seeing a migration from manufacturing in China to manufacturing in other countries like Indonesia and Vietnam. But that takes time, and I think 2020 is going to be the transition year for that. Mastering has become an endangered occupation. I think we'll see more of that happening in 2020. Of course, just like skilled engineers, the top mastering engineers are not going away. That being said, there's less and less work, especially less and less major label work. So a lot of them won't be able to stay in business. So you'll see the older ones actually age out and retire. And some of the newer ones will get into it, but not as a full-time job because there's going to be less and less work for that. So you're going to see more and more self-mastering, especially by the really good engineers. Now, one of the things I predict for 2020 is that we'll have a breakthrough in soundproofing. Up until now, if you wanted to soundproof your room, it took brute force. It took a lot of labor. It took a lot of air. 
It took a lot of material, heavy material as well, to do it. There are a few breakthroughs that are on the horizon that I think will become commercial this year, so we'll find it easier and easier to soundproof your room, if that's what you want. In 2020, artificial intelligence is going to become an even bigger part of everything involved in music creation and distribution. From audio production, to A&R, to playlist selection, to data collection, track suggestions, more and more decisions will be made outside of human hands. Every artist will need to understand how AI technology plays a part in their professional lives and how they can make it work to their advantage. One of the things that's coming in 2020 that may revolutionize streaming royalties is Deezer, the French music streaming company, is introducing user-centric royalties. So up until now, all of the funds from advertising and subscription goes into a big pot. And then it's distributed upon a complex formula. So this is the way Apple Music and Spotify works. Deezer is going to employ something new. Basically what it is, if you listen to Coldplay, and that's all you listen to, Coldplay is going to get most of the money that you paid that month. So, in other words, the money that you pay into a streaming service is going to the artists that you're listening to directly. It's not going into a big pot and then sorted out later. So this is what's known as user-centric royalties. Deezer said it was going to roll this out in the beginning of 2020. And if that happens, I think you're going to find that artists are going to like it and consumers are going to like it as well. Well, I've been predicting this for four or five years. There's no point in stopping now. I believe that Apple Music is going to stream in HD. In other words, high definition. It has a huge library going back 10 or 11 years now of nothing but HD masters. And that means anything CD quality or better. And they've been collecting 96K24 files for a really long time. I think Apple will now take advantage of it and we're going to see a new tier this coming year. Streaming right now is down to just a few players. So Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, SoundCloud, there's maybe a dozen throughout the world. However, there's going to be a new one this coming year from ByteDance, and ByteDance owns TikTok, and it's a very well-funded company. They already have licenses that they got from the major labels, and they're going to come out with a brand new streaming network. Now, they're smart. They're not going to focus on the United States. They're, in fact, going to focus mostly on the Asian listening community, especially India, and establish there and then move west. But I think you're going to see Spotify and Apple Music and everybody else, especially Spotify, get nervous with this. So you'll see some very interesting responses as a result. Here's something that's going to happen that I think will be a big deal for a lot of artists. We're going to see purging of streaming catalogs. So now most streaming services have 50 billion plus songs. Of course, no one can ever listen to that many. And no one does. And there's many surveys that have found that there are tens of millions that have not been streamed at all or only been streamed less than 10 times total in their lifetimes. Storage is cheap, but it still costs money. And I think you're going to see streaming networks get tough on this and say, if no one listens to your stuff, we're not going to present it. So you're going to see streaming catalogs purged, and this is going to start in 2020. 
Streaming is somewhat stagnating in terms of growth. That's going to continue, but especially if there's an economic downturn. You're going to see streaming really take a hit there. If there's a necessary things that you cut out when money is tight, one of those things are going to be streaming. And it's not going to be only for music. We're going to see it on video as well. So if this economic downturn hits, and sooner or later it's going to, and the experts predict it's going to be soon, I think it's going to hit music really hard. Now, the music business is really hoping that augmented reality products are going to take up the slack from streaming. And already they're trying to roll out products that are based around augmented reality. We haven't seen too much up until now. 2020, you're going to see more of this. Will it be successful? Don't know. However, you're going to see record labels try some new products because they need new revenue streams. This might be a way to actually get more money out of listeners. If you're an artist and you advertise on Facebook or Instagram, it's been fairly easy up until now. It's going to get harder in 2020. Yes, the algorithms are all changing. We can see it already that's happening. But in 2020, it's going to be much harder, much more expensive to reach the audience that has been fairly easy up until now. YouTube is about to make it much harder for their creators. They're demonetizing channels. And basically, again, if you don't make money for them, then they're going to demonetize you completely and may even delete your account if they're not what they call commercially viable. So that is going to be a big change. Once again, storage is cheap, but it does cost something, especially when it comes to video. There's a new California law, AB5, that looks like it's going to hit independent contractors really hard. This was aimed mostly at Lyft drivers, Uber drivers, and contractors for big tech companies like Apple who work long hours for the same employer but are paid like independent contractors so they have no benefits and no union. AB5 is meant to help that out. and Basically, there are certain minimums that will take you from an independent contractor to an employee. And there's always been a bar for that, but it's been way, way lowered. Now, the downside of this is it's going to hurt musicians as well. And this goes right down to the gig level, where if you play at a gig and make X amount of dollars, you might be considered an employee right away. Or if you go back and you play the same venue two or three times, guess what? You're an employee of the venue. This obviously is no good for the artist, the musician, the venue. Now, the good side to this is there's been a huge uproar And the California legislation is actually going back into session in early January, and they're going to look at this first. So I predict that this won't be quite the uproar that everybody thought it was going to be in terms of how it's going to affect the music business. This might be for the better in many cases, but when we get down to the gig level, for instance, I don't think we're going to see that be impacted at all. Last year, crowdfunding for music took a really big hit mostly because of pledge music going out of business. And when they went out of business, they didn't pay up on a lot of campaigns. Artists didn't get paid. The contributors, the donators of the campaigns, didn't get what they were promised. It was a mess. And it really dealt a blow to music crowdfunding. There's a new idea around this with a couple of new companies, Corewrite and Stampede Live. And this is going to change crowdfunding because you're going to get a share of the songs or a share of the albums. So basically, if you contribute, you get an ownership stake in the songs, which is much better than just making a donation and then getting some sort of a reward for that. Nope. 
In this case, it's going to be you own a piece of the action. This was illegal up until recently, and now it isn't. So we're going to start to see a lot of artists taking advantage of this through those two companies or many others if they launch. But I think this might be something that both artists and their fans like a whole lot better. Voice activation was supposed to be the thing that revolutionizes the music business. And it actually helped Amazon Music a great deal with Alexa and Alexa devices. That being said, it never caught on the way it had been anticipated. And as a result, I think you're going to find that there's going to be less emphasis on voice activation in this coming year. Now, it works for music just fine, and that's one of the only things where voice activation actually caught on. So that will continue to roll on, but I think you're going to see less emphasis on it by many manufacturers and software companies in the coming year. Last year showed that there's a new way to make money, and that's to monetize fandom. BTS especially was really big with this, the K-pop band, and what they did was they managed to monetize their fans, but not necessarily from buying music, just monetize the fan aspect of it. So I think you'll see other artists pick up on that in 2020. Now, this won't be for the average artist. This is going to be more for the younger pop star who can mobilize young fans quickly and mobilize their money especially. But I think you're going to see more of that because BTS showed the way. 2020, you're going to see artists have less of a reliance on social media. This is mostly due to algorithm changes. All social media networks change their algorithms. They tweak them constantly. And now we're seeing it's much more difficult just about everywhere to reach the fans that you need. It's going to get more difficult. So we're going to see less reliance on this in the future. We're going to see more of an emphasis on some of the more traditional ways of reaching fans like email rather than relying strictly on social media. And one of the things that's happening but I think we'll snowball in 2020. We're already seeing young listeners are far less engaged with radio than ever before. Yes, they listen to radio, and radio still claims that it has a wide, wide lead on any other entertainment distribution method. That may be true, but as far as engaged listeners that are discovering music, that's not the case at all. And we're finding that preteen and teen and post-teen listeners don't really much care about radio. In fact, they're going other places for their entertainment. We're going to see that accelerate in 2020. And finally, we're going to see radio's numbers take a real hit where they won't be able to fudge them anymore. So that's just a few things to look forward to in 2020. There's so much more we can talk about, and we're going to as the year goes on. I have lots of great guests lined up for the coming year. There's always something new to talk about. So I hope you'll join me as we pretty soon get to episode number 300 here of the Inner Circle Podcast. Never thought it would get to that, but we're a couple away and the episode's beyond that. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for being dedicated. Thank you for sending your emails and posting your comments and just for your overwhelming support. I do really appreciate it. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to questions at bobbyowinnercircle.com. Don't forget about my online courses on mixing, production, branding, and music business success at bobbyosinskicourses.com. Also, get an expert analysis and objective opinion of your songs and mixes as a member of my Hitmakers Club. Go to hitmakersclub.com to learn more. 
To listen to other episodes of Bobby Osinski's Inner Circle, go to bobbyosinski.com and select the podcast tab, or go to bobbyoinnercircle.com, where you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and Podbean. At bobbyosinski.com and bobbyoinnercircle.com, you'll also find a sign-up form for my newsletter and for alerts for new podcasts. This is Bobby Osinski. I will see you next time and next year. Bye.